Jonathan, there is a new face in front of me right now. Uh, instead of Tom LeBlanc, who I'd normally be recording with, uh, he's departed the company. He's pursuing other opportunities. You have been with us in one form or another for what f- over five years now, something like that? Yeah, five years ago, I started with Tech Decisions, which is the end user kind of co- side of the coin. Uh, from commercial integrators. So I've worked actually for Tom for the full five years. I've contributed to CI. I've represented CI in the past, but I've been over on the end user side uh, focusing on tech decisions up until now. So you're going to have a lot of emails basically in the coming weeks saying, hey, are you the new Tom? Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already, that's already started. Yeah, I'm sure you love those. Um, <laughs> but no, but you've also, you're, you know, you're no stranger to seeing things from the integrator's perspective too. I mean, if you're covering things from the end user's perspective, you know a lot of that is going to cover some more of the technical aspects, or at least from a ROI perspective. Uh, you've been to every Infocom since joining us five years ago. Is that that's that true? Or yeah, yeah, every Infocom for the last five years. So I think 2014 was the first one that I okay. uh, went to, and uh, yeah, I've been at every one. So I've been covering the. Uh, AV industry for a long time, and and to your point on the tech decision side, um, we've you know I've I've interviewed tons of integrators um, and tech decision makers about the relationship between integrators and and technology managers. So yeah, I, I mean it's been from the other side of the aisle in a way, but uh, covering the same kind of implementations. So now that you are you know firmly on both sides of the market equally yeah. now. Uh, what are you most looking forward to covering, uh, especially as you know, CI is concerned, and, and what kind of direction do you want to take us here at Commercial Integrator now that you're sort of at the helm? Yeah, absolutely. So I, not trying to do anything crazy. You know, I, I think that Commercial Integrator has a long legacy of helping uh, integration firms do better business, and that's really the creed that we're going to continue with uh, moving forward. Now, as far as how I can help with that, I, I mean, I've been covering the technology manager side of things, the end user side of things. I have a bit of insight into how they're working and really how they're evolving. Uh, I'm sure that integrators have seen it, but they're getting more educated about the technology. Things are going on to the network. A lot of IT guys are getting involved in the technology management and decision-making process. Uh, so one of the things that I hope to do uh, moving forward with, with commercial integrator is help uh, really AV integration firms better understand how to connect things to the network uh, so that they're helping their clients as much as possible so that they're getting the best return on the investments that their com- that their clients are putting in. So um, yeah, that's something I'm focused on. You know, what on the IT side of things, what does an AV integrator need to know in this converged world? Um, another thing that I'd like to focus on is the entry-level integrator. Right, I, I think we've done a great job of writing to uh, the owners of companies and and some of the high end decision makers of companies. Uh, but what about you know entry level guys just getting into the industry? Obviously, I understand that on the integration side, you know the NSCA, for example, is doing a ton of work uh, trying to better educate, uh, trying to uh, attract new talent to the industry uh, because obviously that's something that every industry needs. Uh, so. I'd like to focus more on helping entry-level integrators 
figure out what they need to do, what they need to learn, the certifications that they need to get to help them move up the ladder and become those high-end guys, owners of their own companies, uh, so on and so forth. So that's two initiatives, but other than that, the heart of Commercial Integrator, I promise, is staying the same. I'm sure many people would be happy to hear that, but also happy to hear that we're going to be covering something that, for better or worse, has been you know, creeping into the scope of AV people yeah. in the last few years. Uh, so I wanted to bring you in today, especially because, um, you know, again, you have more experience in the industry on the AV side and the decision maker side than I do. But uh, I know that a couple of years ago when I, when I first joined Commercial Integrator, I wrote this article after spending a couple of weeks on the job and going to my first Infocom uh, about sort of some initial impressions. And I guess I, I still mostly see, you know, the, the, the truth behind what I was talking about then now. Um, I don't want to say that not much has changed because, you know, there are small changes that happen to every industry every year, but uh, just some of the things that I noticed then I think are still somewhat to some extent true now, and I, I guess I wanted to run these by you and see if you've noticed the same thing sure. or uh, what your take on the, those things are. So I remember the first thing I said in that article a couple of years ago was that looks matter, right? You know, like as important as, you know, practicality and technicality and ROI are to any you know, technologically focused uh, company, um, it's also pretty clear that visually impressive, uh, the wow factor kind of thing, you know, well-designed projects and products tend to get more attention. Uh, you know, streamlined, modern-looking things that have nice design tend to get more attention in general. Uh, and I just wanted to know what you think in terms of how important that is uh, for solutions uh, to be as stunning as they are practical. No, absolutely. I, I think that's still as true today as it is as as it was five years ago, even when I was coming in. Um, you know, looks matter, aesthetics matter. At the end of the day, especially if you're thinking like on the digital signage side, video walls, things like that. Uh, I mean, AV integration in a lot of ways is an art form. You know what I mean? You have to take the room, understand what the room is going to be utilized for, and then make it look. Uh, nice and, and a way that the end user is going to want to utilize it. I mean, video walls, it's, it's you know, it's all about looks. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think that for the big projects, looks absolutely matter. And then the more granular you get, it's more about functionality. Sure. Uh, but without a doubt, I mean, it's the AV industry. Uh, it's it's in front of your face. You're, you're visually interacting with much of this. I mean, that's the video side of things. Uh, so looks 100% matter, I think. So any like to your earlier point about wanting to reach out more to the uh, more entry-level people, be they young or old, people who are just entering the industry uh, freshly, uh, obviously that's this is sort of a lesson I think they're going to, they're immediately going to notice, uh, especially in digital signage jobs. But uh, I think another important point for, for those types of uh, people is that, you know, the industry is also in need of a dire need of diversification. Um, you know, when re while we have these recent groups like uh, the Avixa Women's and Diversity Councils uh, who are trying to change, you know, the look of the industry and um, the fact that there's not a terrible amount of female leadership, uh, we're also still seeing an industry that's, you know, at the end of the day, mostly still male, uh, specifically middle-aged or older white men. Uh, have you seen something similar in the end-user IT kind of side of the market from your experience there? 
Yeah, I mean, on the IT side, there's probably just as much discussion about really the gender gap is when we're talking about diversity on the IT side, it's the gender gap that comes up more often than, you know, other, you know, minority groups would come up. Um, However, I think that, you know, we write about K through 12 a lot on the tech decision side, too, and the technology that they're implementing, higher ed as well. There's a lot of programs going on right now and over the last, let's say, five years or so. Um, that are really focusing on getting more young women introduced into STEM education. So for the industry itself, you know, it's it's not easy to take a 30, 40 year old uh, woman and say, okay, you know, you've been doing this your whole life. Let's teach you how to code. And you're going to start over, all over from the bottom. And regardless of their background. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's it's just their, their positions are picked already you know uh, so it's not about getting someone from another industry and bringing them into IT it's about two things I think it's about one the women that are doing a good job in IT need to be you know promoted they need to be um, invested in they need to you know give them more education um, and and let them grow so that they can bring in you know, more women and more diversity into the team um, give them the opportunity and on that same end, IT people on the end user side and really commercial integrators, it's about identifying those programs that are introducing young women to STEM and then finding those young women in the programs that would be most interested in the AV industry. Now, that's not an easy thing to do, but if you can partner with or reach out to some of these organizations that are really hammering home the idea that STEM education, uh, and especially STEM education for women, needs to be taught, you know, across the board, um, I think that's where the pool is going to come from. You know, it's it's not just going to be um, go to the college job fair and try and get someone. Mm-hmm. It, it needs to be actively approached. But on the other side, that that same kind of diversity. Um, brings a new way of thinking to the company, uh, brings new perspective to the company, and ultimately will help your company grow. So the return that you get on you know that that initial upfront difficulty of identifying this the, a more diverse group, I think in the long run is, is going to only help your firm. Now, Jonathan, the way you just described that to me came off as incredibly business-like, <laughs> which is, I think, a good thing. Yeah. Um, because something that we saw on CI for many years is that this issue becomes very politicized. It becomes a situation where any time we talk about this topic, we get some backlash from people who are saying, you know, well, you know, what does it matter? Uh, why are you making this all about politics? But here's the thing. We're we're really not trying to make it about politics. Yeah. I mean, it's really a business issue, isn't it? I mean, like, have you seen that kind of... Uh, discourse about it on the IT side. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I won't say I won't speak to the discourse on the IT side. I haven't delved that much. I I try and stick to the business side of things. Yeah. You know, I, I to your point, I'm not trying to make it political. Diversity, um, it's certainly a, a a political topic. Uh, but when it comes to businesses, as I think our audience will see as I go along, I look at everything on the the from the perspective of the business. Right. And diversity is a business opportunity. It's not something that uh, is thrust upon your business. It's, it should be something that your business is actively pursuing. Right off the bat, from a PR perspective, you look better when you're a more diverse company. Now, that's just aesthetics. 
What really the benefit and the return is when you become more diverse is bringing in people from different cultures with different understandings, with different views, bringing them onto your team so that you, through their different perspectives, come out with the best solution. You know, if, if you get five guys in the same room uh, that have the exact same upbringing and, and come from the exact same place, similar they're going education. to, yeah, similar education, they're going to come up with the exact same solution and they're not going to see things that someone, and regardless of, you know, skin color, race, gender, whatever it might be, someone from a different background with a different culture is going to see something differently. And they might end up with a better idea or tweaking that idea to a point where the product or the solution comes out better. So uh, diversity is a great thing, you know what I mean, for a business. We, I'm just laughing to myself because we're saying this is two white men. Uh, no, um, And then finally, another the last uh, kind of initial impression I had from working in the AV industry so you know, briefly, uh, but has proven itself to have some, you know, cause for conversation today, I think. The phrase AV industry um, could be, or could not be, an outdated and ineffective term, right? Because I, I know that nobody I know who is outside of the industry even knows that the industry exists. Uh, and, and whether that's the fault of kind of terms like AV industry or, you know, integration and that kind of like, technical speak, or whether it's a different, you know, for a different reason altogether, uh, it seems like IT, meanwhile, is a pretty relevant and well-known career path these days, more so now than ever before. Why do you think that is? Yeah, so for IT, it's a more known career path because it's it encompasses a lot of different things that you don't think about. So there are you know, systems engineers, there are cybersecurity guys, uh, there are people who monitor the network. Uh, within IT, there's a ton of different uh, potential career paths to go down, right? Um, I'll need to better learn the AV industry to speak to this specifically, but I think that, you know, I, I, I had the same feeling when I first came in here. I had no idea what the AV industry was before I came in here. I didn't know what an integrator was. It's not something you think about. When you think about a new building going up, you don't necessarily make the connection that all the technology in that building was put in there by someone specifically who, you know, constructs technology the way that an architect constructs the building or a plumber constructs the the um, uh, the sewage system, right? Right. Um, but you do expect those to work properly exactly. when you get in there. <laughs> and you expect the technology to work properly. I, I think So I think it's more just a, it's a marketing issue. You right. know what I mean? Letting people know that this is a position, that there are um, opportunities in this industry. Uh, and that comes down to, again, it's, it's like what I said about STEM. It's, it's reaching out to um, organizations or uh, higher education, um, maybe even before that, and getting new workers or potential new workers that are going to be entering the job market interested in entering this specific industry. So, you know, hopefully commercial integrator over the next couple of years, that's something I can definitely explore. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's just a, ter- it's a, it's a, it's a matter of marketing. It's a matter of getting our name out there. Uh, because when you do find out that the integration industry exists, it's almost an immediate like click moment where you're just like oh obviously Mm -hmm. obviously it's not the architect that you know put in that huge video wall and all these digital signage systems obviously there's somebody 
that needs to come in and create the VoIP system or the unified communication system, the video conferencing system, all the audio throughout. Obviously, that's not the, the architect's job, right? And w once you are aware of the industry, it, it makes sense to you. So it's, in my mind, it's gotta just be a problem of awareness.